In 2015, Straight Outta Compton was released in theaters, becoming the number one R-rated movie in August of that year, and bringing in a whopping 60 million opening weekend. It kept its position as the number one spot in the box office for three weeks in a row, where the cast had included Ice Cube's own son, O'Shea Jackson Jr. The movie showed us what life was like in the lead up to the making of one of the most important, iconic rap groups in history, and they're controversial to some, but to others, one of the most important albums to ever be released. NWA Straight Outta Compton was released August 8, 1988. It gave us a glimpse to the real everyday Compton. From the very first Dr. Dre opening, where we're thrust into the streets of Compton, to Arabian Yo, Prince's Something Dance To, that gave gangsters something to step to. Straight Outta Compton opened the doors to reality rap, with hard-hitting songs like Straight Outta Compton, the controversial Fuck The Police, and the ever-uplifting Express Yourself. The only thing left to say is, you are now, you are now about, about to witness, witness the strength of street knowledge. Alright, welcome back everybody to another episode of Legacy where we discuss the albums that made legends and the legends that made history. I'm your host, Jesse Carranza, and to my right, Tony, right here, what's up? What's up everybody, it's Carlos Martinez here. And today's topic, we're talking about one of the best, in my opinion, one of the most important albums to ever come out of the, one of the meccas of hip-hop because although new york is the ultimate mecca we can't deny that los angeles la made some extreme some amazingly great contributions to rap and uh today's nwa straight out of compton Straight Compton was released August 8th, 1988. It was uh, NWA's first uh, rap album. It uh, was it was mainly written by three people. Uh, it was written by Ice Cube, MC Ren, and the DOC. And it was uh, produced by DJ Yella and the amazingly great Dr. Dre. Yeah. And... Uh... It was the 80s, and uh, we weren't around for that era. We weren't even born yet. We were born in the 90s, early 90s. So it was, it was such a different uh, world and time to be uh, making that type of content, which is the craziest thing because, uh, you know, nowadays rap is so normal. It's normalized now. It's everywhere. Everyone knows what rap is and hip hop and explicit lyrics. But in the 80s, it wasn't a thing yet. It just, it, it just wasn't a thing. And for a few artists to start speaking their minds and start creating art, that's so crazy. Because it's, it's so easy for artists now to look at other artists and be like, okay, I can do that. Or I can do it my way. Cause they're following that blueprint. But for those people, those artists back then, like Dr. Dre or Ice Cube and other artists that were coming up at that time, they didn't have a blueprint. They just wanted to create art for the sake of it. And that's the hardest thing to do when you don't have previous generations that have done it for them to just do it 
that's the craziest thing to me and why Straight Outta Compton is such an important record because there was nothing to go off of, you know? Oh, yeah. I agree. Like, I mean, it starts off, the intro to Straight Outta Compton is Dr. Dre saying the one of the greatest intros in all of hip-hop. You yeah. are now about to experience the strength of street knowledge. Yep. It's one because, of my favorites. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And what would happen as soon as we freaking start after that, it's Ice Cube, straight out of Compton. And I can't say Crazy motherfucking name Ice Cube. <laughs> from a gang with gang. the and was an attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we that that's something we gotta talk about. How 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 do we approach the <laughs> Yeah, how do we I don't know. Hmm. I mean if we wanna get cancelled, we say it, but <laughs> if we don't <laughs> we're safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. You're about to witness the strengths of street knowledge. Yeah. And, uh, when you say it, like if you're a hip hop head or the person you know is a hip hop head, they know where it's from, like instantly. Yeah, it's sure. one of those that's just memorable. Yeah, it's super memorable, and it it says so much, in my opinion, uh, especially at that time where gangster rap wasn't a thing, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, how they were the first to do it, the pioneers of gangster rap. And, uh, you know, they, they come from that, they come from Compton and uh, other areas in L.A. where... Uh, gang culture was just real big so they witnessed it they grew up around it i mean they didn't necessarily want to be in it but that was their that was their life and they wanted to speak on it and they wanted to uh show the world where where we're from and it just they wanted to be those people they wanted to be the guys that come out of compton and try to do big things that was the goal and they use gangster rap but at that time since there wasn't any gangster rap they didn't know what they were doing because to them it was reality raps that's what they thought it was so that album and those lyrics it's it's just a an insight of what they saw and what they were going through and that's why it's so important. And uh, it's paved the way for a lot of future gangster artists that make gangster rap. Yeah, they could tell their own story, you know. Yeah. The other rappers that get inspired by them. Yeah. And that album painted like a perfect picture for you, someone not growing up in California, mm -hmm. on how the living conditions were there. Because honestly, a lot of people at that time, they thought of California as palm trees, sunny, Hollywood. Surfing. Yeah. Sunny in 75. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, no. No. Like, you have no idea if you take a wrong turn into in the wrong neighborhood, it could be all yeah. over for you. Yeah. And, and you you come from that uh, that region. Yeah. Right? So how was like nwa like growing up for you guys because it was so close to y'all you know 
Yeah, honestly, it was just like, it's not something that that's like, I don't know, not like it's natural for us, like, you know, yeah. just. Which is there. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, growing up, like that was just what we bumped. It was kind of like a neighborhood hero type of thing, yeah. you know, because he's coming from the same area as us. He's talking about the same stuff that you know, we're living through right now. And it was just, you know, something that's, that hit home for yeah. us. And it still does to this day, you know, like I'm happy to see that like young kids are still, you know, listen to the older music from the early eighties and early nineties, you know, our kind of, you know, little generation when you know, whenever you go back and listen to this album, you could kind of see that it's really dated as far as uh, rhyming patterns or schemes. You know, oh, yeah. you can see how f how much rap has evolved. You know, and gotten way better. Yeah, and well, not most of it. But at the time, man. Yeah, like those rhymes. The, yeah, they're pioneers. They're freaking amazing. In that art form. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's coming from Ice Cube, it's gonna be, you know pretty good yeah yeah because he was yeah. right you know most of it yeah. yeah yeah that's true like easy's whole album too yeah, yeah. he wrote easy's mm -hmm. album yeah he, he was a storyteller yeah and that's the most important thing when it comes to an album is the storytelling aspect of it and people didn't understand that at that time. You know, they thought they were just being vulgar or whatever. Yeah. Delinquents, hooligans, you know. But they were trying to tell a story. And uh, that's the most important thing when you think about that album. Is that, you know, they captured that in time. Their story for other people to see. You know, you get a glimpse of, of that world. And that's storytelling at its best because the album has so much substance. And uh, you don't see that a lot nowadays. There's not a lot of storytelling. There's not a lot of substance in rap. But these guys, they, they went through some things so that other artists can uh, speak their mind. And They were telling you exactly what they were going through. Yeah. yeah. When I was like, when I get caught off, I get the sawed off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bodies are hot off. Cool. I know, and uh, he's telling you what it's like there. Yeah, and it, it it was so controversial, and I guess we can talk about the whole lyrical controversy aspect of this album. Yeah, because the lyrics were so explicit, and they were so raw and hardcore. They're talking about killing people, yeah. and shotguns and guns, and killing the police, and people. They didn't. They were like, what the heck is this? Like, we need to stop these guys. They yeah. shouldn't be talking like this. This is murder music. Yeah, yeah, it's murder. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a... I was thinking, is it's the antithesis to Karen's now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because every time, you know, a Karen, like, I feel like every time a Karen gets angry is because in her head she hears Ice Cube saying, <laughs> fuck the police. <laughs> yeah. And what's so weird to me is that violence is no secret, especially in America. There's always been violence. There's always been serial killers. There's always been wars. 
and even violent movies. I mean, violent movies were already a thing at that time. And so what's so different between making a movie or going to war or whatever into making music that has that aspect of it, that gangster aspect? Because, I mean, it's just music. And at the end of the day, they're just telling a story. So it is art, you know, and uh, people hated them for that. Yeah. I mean, what was it? Can't remember. Where, where were they? Where they were doing that concert and the police were like, if you sing this song. Oh, yeah. In Detroit. In yeah. Detroit. In Detroit. Yeah. yeah and they got arrested. Yeah. That's crazy. Just yeah. for. For speaking their mind and yeah. freedom of speech. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at that time, there wasn't a lot of, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say regulations when it comes to explicit lyrics, but kind of just put a stamp on it for the parents. Like, Hey, you might want to be careful because this album has, you know, real strong lyrics that you may not want your kid listening to, you know? So it created all of that the explicit lyrics. So now that, that a parent sees that, they're like, oh, explicit lyrics, I can't buy this for my kid, you know? And uh, it was just starting out at that time. And it's crazy how it's so, it's so accepted now. At that time, the lyrics were so controversial. It literally changed the world. And that's the crazy thing about that album and NWA because they just shifted the whole world into uh, accepting them and accepting yeah. rap and accepting yeah. that type of content. And it wasn't it wasn't like they just gently did it. They forced it down your throat mm-hmm. and forced you to accept it. Yeah, they opened they opened a lot of people's eyes to just the reality of Compton. Yeah, and exactly how the cops were. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, especially in those times, uh, I mean, I never experienced it because we weren't around then. Mm -hmm. But just judging from what a lot of people in that era have gone through and what they've seen, they've always seen just cops as a threat that they'll stop you just for being black or just for being brown. Yeah. And And they talked about that. And people didn't like it. The cops didn't like it. Things like that. And uh, they they honestly just believed that uh, they shouldn't be censored, you know, because they were trying to censor them from uh, speaking their minds and speaking their hearts. Yeah. When at the end of the day, you know, if, if this is America and we're all free, we have the freedom of speech. Yeah. And they were trying to take that away from them. Yeah. And that's where censorship came came into play. They They fought for that. Yeah. Shout out to Life Crew. Yeah, them too. Yeah. Yeah, because of, you know, people like that. It's it's one of the main reasons why these other artists can talk about that stuff mm-hmm. and say those things. Yeah. You know, like Eminem too. Yeah. You know how his stuff was or oh, any other. It's still controversial. Yeah. <laughs> and he's way clearer than he was back then. Yeah. And it's just to show you uh, just the impact of what Straight Outta Compton did for the art form. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. 
Yeah, let's t- let's talk about um the song "Fuck the Police." Yeah, man. I think this is my favorite song on the album. Yeah, uh, I have to say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait for mine. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I'm just throwing that out there. But yeah, let's talk about uh that song "Fuck the Police" coming straight from the underground. And uh, what that song did for rap and what it did for society in general. Because it's such a uh, crazy song. And it's crazy because they were the first ones to do it. And I'm sure a lot of people have said, fuck the police. Yeah. Behind closed doors. Yeah. But whenever you say it in the public, to the world, and you're black, man, you're asking for some trouble on there. And that's the crazy part about that song. In my head, I just keep hearing Ice Cube will swarm any oh, motherfucker yeah. out of blue uniform. <laughs> it's such a good line, man. Oh, I know, man. So- <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that song, man. Uh, so whenever I was in high school, I want to say I was probably like a sophomore. And uh, I wasn't really digging the current state of rap at that time. There were some good songs here and there. So, you know, I started just listening to old rap and that's when I came across NWA and their stuff. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And when when I heard that song, I was like, yo, what is this? Like, I can't believe these people are saying this because, I mean, I don't have the guts to do that. Yeah. But it just shows you what the social climate was at that time. They were, they were dealing with racism and just cops, man. It's just bad cops, you know. I'm not saying uh, all cops are bad. There are some good ones. But especially cops going into those types of neighborhoods like Compton and things like that. They were, I'm sure they had to deal with a lot of stuff as far as, like, just walking by. And, I mean, as you says, thinking that anybody's selling narcotics or whatever. So just because you're black or whatever, they'll stop you like, hey, where are the drugs at? You know, which is racial profiling. Yeah. And the thing that's crazy, too, is that they grew up in a time where it's not like the cops now where they have the whole little vi- the little yeah, thing that they're, videotape. They're accountable now. Yeah. They're, they're accountable. Yeah. Exactly. Back then, nah, no, no one cameras, no, no one had phones to record. So nothing. you're, you're getting a little trip around the block and getting your ass beat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they, the cops were crazy. Home. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't care. Bro. They, were, they were on, on a power street. trip. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what they were telling in their songs and people, Acted surprised. Yeah. They're like, huh? Huh? You what? Yeah. Like, what? Like, and it's like, come on, man. Fuck the police. Yeah. Like, this is like. like, Yeah. Because they didn't understand. They didn't know what they were going through because they're most likely white. Yeah. And they don't come from that neighborhood. And, uh, and you know, the song came out in 88, but then what was it in 91 where Rodney King got they caught it on camera. All those police yeah. officers beating him. Yeah. And so they weren't lying. Race riots happened in 92. Yeah, the race riots too. I mean, they weren't lying. They were they were being honest with, with things that they saw. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it got to the point where they were like, you know what? Just fuck the police. 
It's that simple. Yeah. And we're going to tell you why. Yeah. And uh, it's such a powerful song. It's such a powerful statement as a protest. Because, I mean, I'm sure they weren't going to go out there and start killing police and yeah. beating them up. They were just telling you exactly what it was like. They were they were telling you how they felt. Yeah. You know, and that's not a bad thing because you're allowed to feel that way. Yeah, you know? you know, yeah, it's from your experiences. You're allowed to feel that. So I'm going to show tell the world cuz like Tony said there wasn't no cameras to prove that they were doing that or this. You know, they just they saw you as as a thug or a criminal. They're like, all right, well, we're going to do that and we're going to say this, you know? And it's such a crazy song. And it's even like an anthem today in today's social climate and how police brutality is still going on. Because, I mean, that the Rodney King stuff happened in, like, 91. That was, like, 30 years ago. And it's still happening to this day. It just shows you the, the importance of that song. And uh, it was just so controversial at that time. And like you could see news footage of people just burning their CDs, which is crazy. They bought a pile of NWA CDs just to burn it. And I was like, what? Yeah. Just to burn them. Just to burn them. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching an interview of them, of somebody interviewing NWA and telling them how they felt about that. Yeah. And they just said they didn't care. They bought them. They could do whatever they want with them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they did buy them. Money went into their pockets. Yeah, so they said it's their property. They could do whatever they want with it. They bought it. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I want to say I saw an interview with Dr. Dre when they asked him about, I can't remember what they asked him. But he was like, we're just writing what, what we see and in the neighborhood that we grew up with. And if you don't like them, fuck them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Which is, it's, it's so, it's just funny, but it's so true. If you don't like something, just don't listen to it. You know, it's that simple. Yeah. If you're a police officer or whatever, I'm sure you don't like that song. Don't listen to it. But just because you don't, you don't like a song. It doesn't invalidate what people have gone through when it comes to police brutality. And uh yeah, I mean it's they're basic it's basically a protest. A nonviolent protest. They spoke their mind of what they saw. Yeah. And it just created just a legacy for them to this day, because people are still talking about it. Yeah. And Whenever there there is a police brutality incident, people show up with signs that says "fuck the police." Yeah, and they even play it. They're blasting that yeah. song, and to this day, it's the just the number one anthem when it comes to those issues. Because at you know, there's just at that point, there's nothing else you can do but to say "fuck the police." And, but it's used in both ways too. Yeah, like conservatives will come out and use it and say, this is what they're listening to. Yeah, always. <laughs> no wonder our kids are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that song is so controversial that 
the FBI sent them a letter to, uh, I can't remember what the, Rootless, Rootless Records. Rootless, yeah. Yeah. So the FBI sent them a letter from the FBI to them saying how they weren't happy with that song. Oh, yeah. How crazy is that? The FBI, that's, bro. That's nuts, man. And they still didn't care at that time. <laughs> yeah. They were just like, oh, whatever. We're going to keep doing what we do. Yeah. yeah. We're NWA. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you would have that mentality, too, because honestly, you didn't do nothing wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So All you said there's no reason why to panic. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you're good. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's just, it wasn't, it's something that had never happened before. Yeah. And now, like, oh, my God, this song is everywhere. And what's so crazy about NWA and their success is that they didn't get a lot of radio play because their songs were just so explicit. No radio would play them. So how how the hell did they go and still became successful? And that's the crazy part. They still sold records. They still went platinum. All of those things. And very minimal radio play because people just wanted to hear it. They wanted that hero. They wanted that voice because maybe somebody that got beat up by cops, they would, they would hear that. Like, Oh my God, these guys are on my side. They're just like me. And that's exactly how I feel. And they wanted that. They would go to the shows. They would buy the albums and they became successful with like no radio play, which is crazy. Yeah. Because the world or America or whatever, they try to shut them down, try to censor them. And it's just so crazy. Yeah. Radio is just a it's just a dumb or how they regulate radio. Yeah. You know. They don't they don't allow a lot of stuff. But man, for for uh a group, you know, just like NWA to come out of Compton is where I'm not going to say it's like the biggest thing in the world because, you know, I mean, you had Venus and Serena come out of Compton. You yeah. Know, fucking, you had, uh, who else came out of Compton? Ken, no, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar came out of Crenshaw. Who, who else? Who? Kendrick Lamar? He's from Compton. He's from, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Compton's just like a Mecca in itself. Yeah. Know? The game, YG. Yeah. Where was I going with this? <laughs> Did you smoke before this? Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a discussion about uh your 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 about performance. <laughs> and uh have y'all been to Compton? No. No. I've never been to Compton. I've been to LA, not to Compton. What about you, Tony? I've lived there. You lived in Compton? Really? Yeah, just briefly, though. Like, maybe like three months, really? four months. Yeah. How was it that? Was, it was a time where it was just literally me and my mom. And, you know, times were tough. She didn't always have like a consistent spot for us to stay. And we were there for like three or four months. And I mean, for me... I don't see anything out of the usual with mm-hmm. how the lifestyle was over there. Yeah. Cause that was normal for me. 
Yeah. So I would go to the store, walk and buy some chips or whatever. And you would see shit. Yeah. But like I said, it was normal. Mm -hmm. You'd be walking down the street and you'd see some people fighting or, or there was a crash or the cops are over here arresting some, like it, it was just normal. You'd walk by and be like, Oh, what's going on? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're just arresting somebody again. Yeah. Nothing out of the usual. So, I mean, maybe for people that didn't grow up there, it would be like a different Mm -hmm. atmosphere for them. But for me, it's just like home. Like it was the usual. It was fun growing up over there, you know, like I just got a lot of the, you know, soaked in a lot of the culture over there because, you know, it was the area where I was, it was a lot of Hispanics. Okay. Yeah, but even though we were Hispanic, you know, they would be bumping their, you know, uh, their Vicente Fernandez and their, you know, Ramon Ayala and all that. Yeah, but they still would bump NWA too. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it was just, it doesn't matter. Like, you were Mexican, you were black, you were white, you were Asian, you listened to NWA. You know, and I'm pretty sure there was a lot of parents that were pissed the fuck off because I know my grandma told me she threw my uncle's cassette. It was a cassette. Oh, yeah. She threw it away? Yeah. (laughs) Why? Because she heard it saying bad words. Okay, yeah. And just like we talked about bad words at that time, it was normal. Yeah. You weren't Mm -hmm. hearing that on the radio, Mm -hmm. you know? So to have music that was saying it with no discretion and constantly it wasn't just like one fuck in the yeah. song there was like <laughs> yeah. fuck Multiple. then motherfucker then shit <laughs> and then ass and everything everything it yeah. was raw yeah. yeah you know and it was a necessary hurdle that they had to go to, through for everyone now in this generation to run you know cuz exactly Right now, they, they, you could talk about everything. Yeah. Girls talking about how they want to put their thing like on all over your face and guys <laughs> yeah. telling you to suck this. And but it's now just, it's on the radio. Yeah, but now it's on the radio. Yeah. Even Kids Bop yeah. remix fucking hip hop songs now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I That's think the hilarious. last one they were, they remixed the, the Anaconda one from. Oh, Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, how do you... That's hilarious. Like, make this kid friendly. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> what That's are you funny. guys doing? But yeah, it's so funny now that even Kids Bop got hip-hop on there. You know, back then it was just, you know, some little rock song or... Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And maybe some R&B would be thrown in there, but it wasn't no hip-hop. Now it's like, just natural yeah it's a dj Khaled album yeah yeah that's the thing about censorship it's so different because back then we didn't have the tools to access it at our age i'm sure when if you were a little older you did but for, for you know for us getting into hip-hop you know we didn't have access to that because our parents probably like hey you know you can't listen to that it has bad words you know but now uh, with this new generation when it comes to censorship, they just go on Facebook 
or on YouTube and they find it. And, you know, yeah, you have to sign in, make a profile, but what kid can't make a profile and say they're old enough to yeah. watch that stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's just censorship in general has always been an issue. And it's still an issue to this day, you know. There's people always just complaining about hip-hop all the time. They just don't like it. I mean, I even saw this clip of this lady. I can't remember her name. And she was talking about rap music, how it was obscene. She was like, it is obscene. It is obscene. And she just kept saying it over and over again. And it's just so crazy. Uh, just how, man, they just, they stirred the pot. Oh, yeah. With their content. That album just, you know, paved the way for a, a lot of artists. And even in the camp that... They were in already. They had people in the back that would eventually get their shot, you know? Yeah. Like the DLC was a writer and he was helped produce. And then he finally came out with his album, you know? And then uh, mm. then you had uh, Arabian Prince. Yeah. You know, he was doing his solo stuff too while helping N.W.A., and then just even the years after, you know, the people they discovered, you know, Ice Cube discovering Dub C and Mac 10. Yeah. Then you got, you know, Dre with the freaking superstars. He discovered Snoop Dogg and yeah, Eminem. Dogg. And even work with Tupac, too. Yeah. You Produce know. a lot of his music. Yeah. You know, so it's just like. Just everything they've done has been. Historic. Yeah. Like that's what it is. It's his it's history. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that's a part of that timeline that's always gonna be looked back on. It's not gonna be forgotten. Like that's it. They're they're yeah. timeless. Mm -hmm. Like pretty much. Like it's crazy to say, like I wonder if they sometimes realize like, yo, like we're going down in history like Mozart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. For for hip hop and yeah. Rap. You know, like that's just crazy. Like, I know it I would crazy. trip out if I was in their <laughs> position. Like, know, right? like, bro, like, yeah. I, the music I made was so good that I'm a, that people are gonna remember me like Beethoven and all that years later. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's it's just like you know crazy just to know that they've accomplished so much, you know. Yeah. And even after they're gone, they left so much to for everybody to soak in. And mm -hmm. make their own music, you know, get inspired. Yeah, man. You know, like Kendrick <laughs> said, he was really inspired by The Chronic and like a lot of Funkadelic and all that when mm -hmm. he was making To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. So, Especially because he's from that. He's from Compton and yeah. all that. Yeah. So to see somebody from your neighborhood, it just, it gives you a lot of hope. Especially from being in, from that type of neighborhood. Yeah, I've seen Kendrick talk talk a lot about it, how it just people like NWA really inspired him to keep going. And that's why he he's at that caliber now. And he's not going to be the last one to come out from there or from any other place. Because now a little kid from Compton, he's probably growing up listening to Kendrick. He's like, man, that's my hero. If he can make it out. I can too. 
I'm going to put everything I got into my music. And that's just a big part of uh, their legacy and how important some of these artists are for the future artists and the new generations. Yeah, something I wanted, wanted to add about the DLC. Like, in this album, it's one of the one of the first times you hear the DLC. Like, he has a little, uh, a little intro. And then in 89, he released his album. But six months later, he's in that car crash. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. That car crash. Like, ruined his voice. It ruined right? his voice, yeah. It was, uh, he did a Vlad TV interview a few mm-hmm. years ago. I think, no, it was like 2019, yeah, a few years ago. Okay. Uh, where he was saying that his voice finally got back to normal. Oh, really? Yeah. God damn. But it took almost 20 years. Yeah. Man, that sucks. Yeah. S- especially from just being a part of something so great. And... You know, as far as like you're working on these future projects with these great artists and then something like that to happen, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, Kanye West could have ended up like that too with his wreck. You know, it mm-hmm. broke his jaw. And uh, I think he even recorded a song while his mouth was wired shut oh. through the wire. And it's just, it's crazy how certain things in your life happen. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't stop those artists from keep keeping going and moving forward. And, I mean, I could just imagine what uh, what NWA was. I mean, they only released, like, a couple albums because mm-hmm. a lot of drama started happening with the money business, you know, the money side, with yeah. the contracts and all of that. So, I mean, NWA as a whole just... They could have done so much more, you know, but those people still went on and, you know, did solo stuff And in a time where a lot of rap and hip hop, it was centered around groups and then they started doing solo stuff, which it just wasn't that popular then, but they made it popular. Ice Cube, when Ice Cube came out by himself. Yeah, with America's and, Most Wanted, right? And he was just yeah, and it, it he was, was throwing shots at NWA. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah. He dissed them, yeah. And then, you know, Dre came with the Chronic solo album, mm-hmm. and it did great. And it kind of just... Uh, but the Chronic wasn't done under Ruthless. It no, 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 he, when he, well, yeah, Ice Cube left. And then Dre later on left yeah. when he found out what was going on. And he went with uh with Suge Knight mm-hmm. with Death um Road. Dead Road Records. So he started working on the chronic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there was a lot of acts at that time that were group based. So a lot of the solo stuff just wasn't that popular. And uh so you could pretty much say they were also pioneers of your solo album. Yeah. Cause they were doing it and people wanted it and they went platinum and it's just, it's so crazy how I'm sure at that time they didn't know necessarily know what they were going to do for a rap, but it's so, um, I wouldn't say obvious, but it's a staple now 
and it's 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 it is obvious of what the things that they did back then, how it's helping a lot of people now. When it comes to uh, rap and hip hop. All right, so do you guys uh, have a favorite bar from Straight Outta Compton? Yeah, my uh, my favorite bar, or uh, I'll go with my favorite line. Okay, is a uh, just as soon as Dre's intro's done. You get Ice Cube, uh, but when he's like, when I'm called off, I get the sawed off, squeeze the trigger, and bodies are hard off. You too, boy. If you if you fuck with me, the police gonna be uh, fuck. If you fuck with me, the police are gonna have to come and get me. Mm-hmm. You know, he's telling you this dude is 17 years old when he writes this. God damn. And you have to be one of the hardest motherfuckers to try to write something like this, bro. Yeah. And step in a mic and you have to say it. Mm-hmm. Because you're putting it out there. And and Ice Cube is just showing himself, bro. Yeah. He's like, step to me, bro. You're going to be sat the fuck down. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, Ice Cube is just one of the most important lyricists. Of oh, his yeah. generation, even the newer generations. I mean, if you listen to these newer songs, I don't have no idea what they're saying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, lyrics, you know, it is poetry. So Ice Cube, he was coming with some heat and some hard heat, oh, some yeah. raw stuff. Because they were coming at you with some crazy ass energy. And they were, they were like, man, you know what? We're going to fuck y'all up. Yeah. Like, this is Compton, and this is me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about how I'm going to kill you yeah. in very creative ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's great. Yeah, and people were bumping it. They were like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> never shot a gun in their life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the beauty of gangster rap, man. You could put yourself in those shoes. You could rap those lyrics, even though, you know, you don't want to be in that world. You know, it's just you use your imagination. The one that really always gets me is uh from Appetite for Destruction. Okay. Yeah. It goes running with my brothers, headed for the home base, with the steady pace on the face that just reads race. The road ahead goes on and on. This shit is getting longer than a motherfucking marathon. <laughs> <laughs> running on. But never running out, staying wired, and if I get tired, I can still try it out. Hitchhiking, if that's what it got to do, but no one's picking up with attitude. Hey. Hey. (laughs) That's dope. Yeah, that's tight. Who said that? That's uh, Dre. But I'm pretty sure Ice Cube wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just sounds like straight up Ice Cube. But what I like about that lyric so much is just... Because just by that, you could already tell the way he's living. Yeah. You know, he's just walking. You know, he's living his life. But there's full of people with faces that are racist. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just tough. Yeah. You know, out here. And... What he's saying with, you know, and ain't nobody going to give a ride to a, you know. Yeah. Hell that's yeah. just, 
him telling you that the way society isn't right built, mm-hmm. it's not helping me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's some deep ass profound lyrics. And that's yeah. what he, they were trying to let people know in their music, you know, like the way we're living is not just because, you know, you, you guys want to say we're savages or whatever, we're killing each other. But that's the position they were put in with their surroundings and the way society looks at them. Yeah, for sure. So when you're born in that, you can't help but just have all those thoughts and just think, what am I going to do? Yeah. Am I going to like get jumped in in a gang and start doing some, you know, work? Or am I going to try to stay straight and do, you know, the right thing? Yeah. So like they were just giving you like an insight on everything, you know, yeah. like their their yeah. stuff was Racism. just so profound. Yeah, because I mean, it, if you look at it, you know, segregation or slavery, it just wasn't that long ago, Mm-mm. right? And now you're in the 80s and you're going through racism and you can't do anything about it. Because yeah. if someone calls you the N-word or whatever and they're white and you attack them, you're the one that's in jail. Oh, the black man attacked the white guy. Mm-hmm. But he's the one that was being racist, you know? So whenever you're just year after year of dealing with that how do you deal with that you you can't you know i mean you know the whole mental health thing it wasn't that as vocal back then so i'm sure it stuff like that can create a lot of ptsd and it's generational your parents went through it now you're gonna go through it you know yeah and so how how else do you deal with it except for I'm going to voice out all my frustrations on this mic and just tell everybody how I feel. And, uh, yeah, that's just, that just shows you just how important they were not only in rap, but for, for society. Like, Hey, we're dealing with some real issues over here. Y'all need to listen and we need to get your attention. And that, they were villain villainified. Is that a word? Vilified. Vilified. <laughs> they were vilified for it. When they were just speaking the truth. Yeah. It's crazy. And uh so my favorite line, this is probably gonna be really controversial and people are probably gonna hate me. But my favorite line what you think, Tony? <laughs> what you think, Jesse? This, Jesse, get the strap. No, this nah. album, in this amazingly clean album, what could be your controversial line? Man, it's not controversial. I'm just saying, me picking this might be controversial. They might think I'm whack, uh, but I'm sorry. But my favorite line is "fuck the police." <laughs> dude, I, yeah. That's my favorite line. I mean, there's so many good other bars and lines in this album that are beautiful like the ones you guys said fucking just heat but man something about saying fuck the police it's just man there's so much power behind it it makes you feel like a rebel almost like you're standing up to the man yeah Yeah. you know what i'm saying and it's like it's so impactful and i i'm sure i probably will never tell that to a police (laughs) 
but I'm gonna jam the fuck out of it in, no. in my house. And I think <laughs> that's like what the only song that has "fuck the police" as the chorus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think it it's is. Crazy. I don't think there's no yeah, other song so. that's like. I don't think there's another song. I, that yeah, really or you know says, what? Or you know what? I'm yeah, probably no, sure right. there maybe is. Yeah, but theirs is the most. Mm-hmm. Well known. Well known. Yeah. It's, it's catchy too. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's fuck the police. Yeah. And I'm doing office work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put yeah, the police yeah. coming yeah. straight from the underground. To the good garden. Yeah. It's just, yeah, man, you could just, just put it on dope. for everything. Yeah. Yeah. While you're, you know, having sex. <laughs> you just get the urge just scream out fuck the police real quick while yeah. you get angry just pump it up a little bit you get a speeding ticket yeah <laughs> after yeah, they get the in the car fuck the police bitch yeah. Yeah, fuck you I know I've done that plenty of times yeah and, and that's why I chose that as my favorite line I, just, I love it so much it's just so impactful yeah. and powerful and even today in this climate and everything that's been going on but you know, and I, I love also in that I'll, I'll say another line from that song is they think they have the authority to kill a minority. Oh yeah, you know, and as, man, I mean that's just good rhyming, but it's so true because you rarely see these cops killing you know white people, mm-hmm. and uh, him saying that I feel like he stood up for a lot of people that did get killed in that time. And even in today's time, it's still going on. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, and it's all pretty pretty relevant right now, too. Yeah, you know, so we're, relevant. We're still, we're still dealing the with the 2020 riots, you know. Yeah, I know, riots, and it, it's crazy. So, like, nothing's changed. Was, like, dang. Well, it was the, the <laughs> riots at night, but yeah, you know, the protests during the day, they were good. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like we've gone through too there. many historic events. Yeah, than any other generation. I know, man. <laughs> like we, we've had yes. it. We we've, we've lived through what the the whole uh, what was that stuff that they were saying to be careful in the mail. Oh, anthrax! Oh, yeah, I was after nine eleven. Remember, yeah. dude? Yeah, everybody was so scared to open yeah. their mail, dude. Oh man! Well, so, I can't pay the water bill today. Yeah, what? anthrax! Yeah, anthrax. I can't send nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was man, so crazy, crazy that we've lived through all this. But yeah, like everything they talked about is still relevant today. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. You like you sit back and you think about it. How much have we actually progressed? And then uh, you're no. like. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah, and we can go back to 1988, yeah, where this stuff was going on, and we have a st- timestamp, a literal timestamp of those racial issues, and it's still going on to this day. But um, yeah, that's the legacy of NWA with their album Straight Outta Compton, their f- their first studio album. And it has done so much for hip hop and has done so much for rap and society in general. And it, that's why they they got inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, I think it's an important album. Uh, it has a lot of, uh, it addresses a lot of social issues. Oh yeah. And uh, it's just a great album. It the The lyrical content and the raps and the rhyming from Ice Cube and to the musical production from Dr. Dre. I mean, he he was just doing some crazy things. 
all on his own sampling from the oldies or whatever to make these just hard ass beats and mm-hmm. uh and yeah it's it's an album that's going to continue to resonate with people i think and uh if i ever have kids i'm gonna show them i'm gonna tell them <laughs> hey let me introduce you to something well they sleep as babies just yeah <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be Carlos's baby's first words. <laughs> I know, right? So the album itself is it's a great album, but the last song I want to talk about. Okay. Yes, um, I know what you're talking about. So something to dance to. Yes, it's such a strange song to be put in. In yeah, a gangster ass album, you know. Well, you can say that about express yourself too. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I love yeah. express yourself. Well, yeah, expressing right? yourself was kind of their way of trying to get that radio play. Yeah, yeah. Trying to clean. They, for yeah, the, for they, the children. they made the yeah. music video and everything. <laughs> like that was their attempt on trying like i like i said yeah. i use that very loosely because like yeah. jesse said the whole album is gangster as fuck yeah yeah now tell the kids that smoking weed will lead to brain damage but your album his next album his next album is called a crime uh, oh, hey, hey, you gotta you gotta secure that bag sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah, that's all it was. You had to do it. Hey, we'll, we'll give you this much money if you try to make us. Oh yeah, okay, okay, sure. Yeah. Like in, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony's Resurrection album, mm-hmm. they got uh, a song about I think it's a uh, Get Your Guns, and then they have Change the World, which is one of the most yeah. s- whole wholesome soft songs mm-hmm. about. They just want to change the world, make it better. <laughs> and then they have another song following about smoking weed. Yeah, and they, hit you with the heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. I know. They, Bone Thugs goes back and forth. Well, yeah, a lot you know? of, uh, just a lot of rap artists in general are very, uh, I guess you could say, hypocritical. Yeah. But, I mean, not really in that sense, but kind of in the sense where, you know they're they're dealing with the issues like this is how I feel, but this is what I want to do also. You know, because it's it's always a battle. Well, sometimes. you always gotta make a song for the kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you gotta secure that bag. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so yeah. So uh, what about what about the song? So to me, I love the song. You know, it's so good. It's freaking. It's it's Arabian Prince, Dr. Dre, and Easy. Yeah. Right, and when. That song wasn't all, like able to also secure them radio play. They yeah. ended up uh, going just gangster rap. Because mm-hmm. if that song would have got them radio play, they would have just gone, you know, yeah. more uh, dancey rap. Yeah. You know, <laughs> poppy. Party rap. Party rap. Yeah. The house party rap. Which yeah, isn't is bad it? either. Yeah, it's not bad. But, but it wouldn't have been NWA. No. Yeah. yeah, I mean that instru- instrumental nah, in general is amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it makes but you I'm glad dance. they didn't go yeah, that route. Me too. Me too. It would have been N W M. 
Yeah. <laughs> Niggas with moves. <laughs> like, just dance music and them dancing. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. I don't want to see Easy E and yeah. Ice Cube in a uniform da- dancing, break dancing. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we got this gangster. Yeah, me too. Side yeah. of them, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> and like, in, I forget what song is it. I think it's Chin Check. Mm hmm. And uh, and Ice Cube says, if it wasn't for me, where the fuck you'd be? Rapping like the Treacherous Three. Damn. Damn. <laughs> God, and, yeah, Ice Cube, And man. people know, like, you just know how hard that bar is. Because yeah. instantly when you think about the Treacherous Three, you think about, you know, um, Kumo D yeah. and, you know, the other members. And when mm-hmm. you think about them, it's like... Bro, his hit was Wild Wild West. Dun, 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 <laughs> Wild Wild West. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're head, you're like, damn, for reals, if you guys wouldn't have came along, rap. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it would have stayed that way. Eventually, if they didn't do it, someone else would have. Yeah, for sure. But the state of it would have been. It would have evolved differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's that's why I say there's 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 so there's such pioneers when it comes to rap in general, and that's the legacy of N.W.A. and Straight Outta Compton. All right, everybody, thanks for stopping by. This has been Legacy. Uh, we talked about the great N.W.A. Straight Outta Compton album, one of the most important albums to date and will continue to be one of the most important albums in hip-hop i've been jess Carranza. this is tony c hey it's carlos martinez peace catch you on the next one deuces